When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, co-host, and likely guest to watch WVU lose to Pitt this fall. He is Jim Stam. What's up, Gary? Uh, hey, listen, we're about a quarter of the way through the season. We've made it this far. and. Yes. Um, Got some good things, interesting things happening, and I'm looking forward to diving into it today. See, now, I couldn't say something like that if Littleton was on the show. I just have to point that out, because defaming West Virginia would not go well with him. All right, um, also joining us today is a new friend of the show. He's been listening for a while, but, I mean, he's new to being on anyway, and that's always exciting. So let's say hello to Brandon Richards. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys this evening? I'm good, man. I'm ready to rock. I'm look. I'm just glad we got some new blood on here, man. It's always fun to talk to somebody new. So. Yeah, it's time. It's time. I mean, sometimes we just get so busy with our schedules that it's hard to, to make this happen. So I'm really happy that we got a chance to this week. Um, anyway, perfect. Let's do this thing. First up. I want to spend a little bit of time discussing how this rotation is starting to come together a little bit. Um, Katana, he's just been good, really. <laughs> we saw the call-up of Rwanzi Contreras. You know, obviously he did well. We've seen JT Brubaker put a couple decent outings now together. Zach Thompson has had three out of his last four look pretty good. Keller's out of the pen. Wilson's out. I mean, lots of moving parts. Brandon, let's get your feet wet right away here today. Is this starting to look a bit more like an actual rotation? I mean, the games are now at least becoming more watchable when you actually watch the starting pitcher. That's the great thing. You know, you look at Contreras the other night, 84 pitches, five innings, looks great. If it isn't for the booted ball later in the game uh, by Rodolfo Castro, he probably gets the win that night. He looks good. JT Brubaker. A whole lot better, looking more like the JT Brubaker we've seen in the past. Zach Thompson, a little bump here, a little bump there, but still making that progress. And Quintana, hard to believe, but the guy's been the most solid piece of the rotation this year. Looks like the old yeah. Quintana at times. So it, it's more, can they keep that consistency? Can they maximize these guys? Can they actually have a team that when you put the starter out there, it's not, are we going to get three innings? Are we going to get four? Can we yeah. actually get six? I mean, good in baseball often means consistent, James. So <laughs> here we are. I don't think we can call them that yet. But I do think we're starting to see some flashes where you can kind of see the path to a decent rotation maybe. What do you think? Yeah, you know, um, I'll tell you, the guy that um... – I, I, I started to write off um, pretty quickly this year because it, it did not start well. And six out of the last eight starts, five out of the last seven starts, haven't been that bad as Brubaker. Yeah. Um, even with just a little bit of luck, I think we'd be talking about him a little bit differently. You know, um, he's, he's really been betrayed by some bad bounces and some bad defense. And um, so yeah, really the I, I, difference maker in his last start was that he fought through it and overcame that because yeah. he still got plagued by it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, you know, so I probably bailed on him a little bit now we'll see he's, he's, he's got to, he's got to continue doing what he's been doing. Sure. But um, just having even one guy step up and start to give you some consistency helps when now we're down to what a four-man rotation basically so um 
You know, um, I, I, I'm slightly encouraged. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing with Mitch Keller at this point. Uh, it sounds like uh, it's just kind of uh, a little bit, I don't know, it's called desperation, but they certainly are now seemingly leaving him in the bullpen. I think uh, has it, that, have I they think even it's... said that for sure? No. And, and <laughs> I think what we're seeing really is, well, we just kind of explained it. Quintana's doing good. Brubaker's doing all right. Thompson looks pretty decent. I mean, we're seeing some. We're seeing Rowanzi up here. So obviously, we're, we yeah. like four of them right now. So if you only need four, yeah, they're just going to use Keller out of the bullpen. And I mean, because yeah. they only need four here because of all the off days they've had. Right. So I think he'll go right back in the rotation afterwards. Right or wrong. And that's that's that maybe be why they're not really saying anything about it. You know, it's right. just kind of. Schedule-wise, that's how it's looking. Looking. What were you going to say, Brandon? I was going to say, you know, maybe it's also trying to build the kids' confidence up. You know, it, it's right. you notice they're pulling them quick too. If there's any kind of trouble that develops, so maybe if they can show him, look, Mitch, you can pitch at the major leagues. Your stuff plays. You've just got to realize your stuff plays. Stay out of between your ears. Go out there and just pitch. Use your stuff. Show us what you got. And I have no problem with them keeping him in the bullpen for a little while if that dividend pays off in the end where that confidence increases, he's getting people out, he's seeing he's got the swing and miss stuff. And I, I mean, in the long time, in the long run, if they can get him right, it's a much better team. Sure. And it's nothing wrong with, with what they're doing either. Like, let's say they decided just for for giggles for a minute to, to swap Dylan Peters and, and Keller and have Dylan Peters be the starter for a minute. I, yeah, I know his last – crack at it didn't go well but he was du- he was due for a bad outing well let's yeah but let's say that he he gets a crack at starting for a while if they do decide to leave keller there because i don't think right now they have any other starters really ready um you'd probably no. have to dip to double a if you really want no. to even think about it then omar cruz is probably the, the most ready because uh, Mag- magoo's hurt um you know, Kranich's hurt yeah, Bolton, he's got some work to do just to kind of like show his arms not going to fall off and his legs work. So we'll see how that goes. I think they're going to want to give him a good half season just of pitching. Definitely. So yeah, there's 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 nothing right there to even kind of pluck and 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 get some innings and see how they look right this instant. Yeah, your hurry doesn't look great either. So no, you know I think right now you're kind of stuck with your internal options. So if, if he works out of the pen and you want to put Dylan Peters up there, you want to maybe even shove Will Crow back up there if you feel like it, although I hate to take him out of where he's at. Um, I don't know. Something uh, like that internally, I think they could handle it, though. And I do I do want to just uh, talk for a second about Rowanzi because, man, it's just, uh, it's just so – enjoyable to watch him pitch he doesn't even have it all figured out yet but his stuff is so good and he's fearless and he will attack up in the zone and just i mean he blows guys away and he's not even he's not even a finished product yet and it's kind of fun just to see a guy like that i mean he really jumps out at you let's we can talk about hey the pitching's looking looking a little better but when you see a rolanzi Contreras do it it looks different, doesn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, Brad, I'm sure you'd agree. The re- part of the reason that the rotation looks respectable is because Rowanzi Contreras is now a part of it. Absolutely, and and you watch him; he's got that swagger on the mound. Like he yeah, wants, he, he wants to be there, and he knows he's good. He knows he's ready to play. And I mean, you look back on that trade too of tie on it and bringing back Contreras and Kane and Smith and Jigba. And, you know, Yohore, hopefully he can figure it out. I mean, that's a heck of a trade, you know, right there. And and if they can get – if Contreras can be what he's got the confidence to be, and that trade's a slam dunk right there. Yeah, Descato too, although he started Mm -hmm. out scuffling a little bit here. So – it has the potential to be a good trade, but I'm not going to – I'm not going to worry about that too much right now. I think the rotation in general – I'd have to say uptick right now. Good steps lately, yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, let's touch on some of the other youth that's been on its way up to the city.
Alright everyone, we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network and we're going to head right to the next logical thing, folks. It's the youth movement. It's fully on. I mean, just like we've been saying it would be, I'd pat us on the back if it wasn't right there staring at you for two and a half years, Jim. (laughs) It's been a little quicker than I thought they'd start. But hey... The earlier, the better, right? I mean, we've, we've seen now Tucapita Mercano, Calvin Mitchell, Rowanzi Contreras, Yeri De Los Santos, Jack Sawinski, Diego Castillo, Cal Aldred, Bo Salser, Rodolfo Castro. You could keep going. Man, this is why I kept saying this team was going to turn over this year, and it yep. is going to, and it's starting in May. What do you think, brother? Dude, it's just nice, man. I mean, like, you know, it's it's tough on pirate fans. We have to we have to sit and watch a lot of we have had to sit and watch a lot of baseball that is um um kind of being force fed to us in a very bland manner. Um we, it's tough to eat bland meal after bland meal and we've yeah, been yeah. doing it for a while. So we're getting some new ingredients here and it's just I mean it's just been fun to watch. Um even guys like, you know, you take a Jack Sawinski at this point. Hey, it hasn't all been great, but the no, guy's got no. but the guy's got five home runs and 11 RBIs and he still isn't a complete product. He's yet. leading so, all National League rookies in home runs. Yeah. So. yeah, so and then, you know, you just see um, Cal Mitchell in just a, a few games, man. It just He just looks know. like he, – he has that look, doesn't he? He really – I'm telling you, like, yeah. you know, I got – seeing him go and get those, I think it was four at-bats against lefty pitching right away. Right. And um, didn't swing at anything bad, didn't look overmatched, didn't look nervous. Drops in a single and scores a run, which, boy, the, you know, it hurts that they, 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 they kind of gave that one away. But, you know, just things like that that shows, like, these guys look a little bit more ready. Um, they don't look as uh, scared deer in the headlights. Right. And uh, even Ca- Diego Castillo, uh, you know, the more I watch him, the more I'm okay if they leave him up in the majors and let him figure it out. I think he could actually do that. So, yeah, I, you know, it's just – Look, I hate to oversimplify it. It's just nice to see, isn't it, guys? It is, man. I think it's a blast. And, and Brandon, when you see some of these guys come up, this may not be the, the headliner group. You know, I guess Rwanzi is. But these aren't the guys that we've been waiting two and a half years for necessarily. These are the guys that most people glazed right over and but- jumped to the, the draft picks and, and the, the high ceiling trades, right? But you get a guy like Cal Mitchell up here, man, he may not have as high a ceiling, but his floor is way higher than some of these kids. Like, and he's going to be okay. It's it's true. And, and these are the kind of guys you need on a good team. You know, it can't just be all the first-round picks. It's going to take right. a village. It's going to take a full team to put this together. And, and my thing is, look, if, if we're not going to be – a super competitive team this year, I'd at least rather watch the kids play. Like, let the kids play. I don't want to watch the Josh Van Meters. I want to watch the Cal Mitchells. You know, I want to watch the Diego Castillos. I want to watch the Castros. I want to see what those guys have. And conversely, too, you've got some tough roster decisions to make this year. So you Mm -hmm. need to see what you actually have. The best blessing for this team is the fact there was not a Rule 5 draft this past year. Because is Cal Mitchell on this team right now? I don't know. I don't know. And, and, you know, the thing is for me, like, it it came down to Jack Sawinski or Cal Mitchell for me. I would have chosen Cal Mitchell. But, man, I wouldn't have liked to lose Jack Sawinski either Mm -hmm. because I think he's got some potential as well. And I've really liked watching him play. I know his batting average isn't where you want it. But he is hitting for some power. He's got a little bit of that. He's got a little bit of that feel for the dramatic too, doesn't he? A little bit, and, yeah. And yep. he uh, he plays a hell of a defense. I haven't seen anybody handle the Roberto Clemente wall the way he has, and I mean that. He just seems well, to understand the bounces. Cal looks like he might be able to handle it too. So yeah, he's he's looked good out there. I thought. Yeah. I, I'm excited family, to but... see it. I really am. I I think Jim, our concerns have always been the pitching. Yeah, I think we still have 
cause for concern a little bit with the pitching. I, I just don't think there's quite enough close enough unless they get a surprise. They have to have a surprise come through. Somebody they're not planning on. It would it would sure help. Um, you know, in the meantime, they've got kind of a surplus or plethora of uh, bats, a lot of left-handed bats. So, like, you might as well start sorting that out now yep. and waiting on some of the pitching to catch up. I mean, that's really, I think, what they're doing. Um, they don't have a lot of choice anyway. So, um, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what. You take a look at, um, oh, jeez, uh, some of the names we're going to have called up here. Like, I think you're going to see Mason Martin soon. I think you're going to yep. see um, O'Neill Cruz. Uh, obviously, O'Neill Cruz is going to be here. And, you know, the Mason Martin thing, look, I, I, I would caution people. I still think there's mm-hmm. some things that uh, he has to work on um, and improve upon. But, at some point, you're just going to have to find out. So I'm, I'm a whole hell of a lot less worried about Mason Martin than I was last year. And it's not about the numbers as much as just watching his at-bats. It's a different approach. It really is. He looks a lot more confident of when he should and shouldn't swing. His walks this year, they're not check swing, thank God walks. They're confident I took that because I knew it wasn't in the strike zone walks. That's yeah. that's important for a player like that. And oh, and his swing looks a little better. I mean, let's be honest. His swing's a little, a little more consistent. He seems to be finding the power a little easier. So I like where he's at right now. Uh, I would be perfectly fine with them bringing him up. That yeah, said, think, Brandon, you know, they have a guy like Yoshi. Everybody wanted them to spend money, and they did. And this is the worst mistake they made, right? I mean, he's been awful. Yeah, I mean, the great thing is it's still only $4 million, and it's one year. It's, you know, you know, and everybody was calling for, let's hope they give him two years and $8 million. You know, thankfully, they only gave him one. And, I mean, I just think maybe Yoshi is what he is. And it's, it's just yeah. that's the reality. And – what you saw last year guys have those fluky moments where everything's a beach ball coming in and they're just going to hit it. And, you know, you look at them and it's, I don't know. I personally, I've seen enough of Yoshi at this point. I'd rather see Mason Martin. Let's see what he can do. You know, I think it's super easy to say that as a fan. And I completely agree. Like Mm -hmm. as a fan, when I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see this anymore. But I guess I I see up until very recently there was a real need to see if the adjustments Mason Martin made were real. And I, I do believe we're at that point where he's shown, to me at least, it's it's pretty believable. But yeah, he isn't panning out. I mean, like, it's just not working. And is it worth continuing to stick him in the middle of the order? I feel like he's just clogging up the works at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're, what you're seeing, too, is, like, they're they're doing a lot of this curious Tsutsugo, Van Meter, 4 or 5 stuff, which, you know, it's just, you, you just need, you, you just need to be able to spread the lineup out a little bit more than that. Like, I know that um, those are just traditional run scoring, you know, run, producing spots in the lineup and they're just, they're just ugly to look at. So, you know, and, 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 and really what we're talking about with like a Mason Martin and you get your own Neil Cruz up and whatever it is. And we saw it the other day is, man, you got to have some guys that can just put the ball over the fence every once in a while. You cannot play major league baseball and play this small ball, single, single walk, Especially, single. I mean, it's, especially it's, if you're not actually going to instruct your players to swing for that, right? I mean, and, like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no. To say nothing of the fact that no one can do that anymore because they just don't seem yeah. to ever. So yeah, I mean, so even from just a simplistic man, you've got to have some guys that can hit some homers. Yeah. Um. So I think for Mason Martin, I lo- and let me ask you guys this: I mean, like, 
he's going to have to be very productive um, when he when he does get his opportunities because I think it's 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 not to, you can't expect things to just magically uh, get better in that regard when he gets his major league at bats. I don't think all of a sudden you're going to start seeing him striking out and the walk ratios at 25% or something like that. I still think he's going to be striking out 30% of the time, but if he can end up like a Joey Gallo, as ugly as that looks sometimes, I don't know if the pirates wouldn't take it. So he's going to be a typical major league baseball player anymore, striking out 25, 30% of the time. And sadly, that's just kind of what the game's become. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd take a, I'd take a Joey Gallo right now. I mean, in the middle of that lineup there that, you know, I mean, one out of four times he's going to get the ball. But if he gets that ball that one time, that ball might go. And they don't have – I mean, Jack Sawinski's look good doing that, but really they don't have a lot of guys that are going to put the ball over the fence. Seems like it's just been a long time at first base for the Pirates, doesn't it? I mean, like my whole life has been looking for a first baseman, I think. I mean – the thing about first base with Mason Martin is he can play it. I yeah. think he'll be, I think easily right now, he's better than Colin Moran as a hitter. Easily. Uh, I mean unless that he's right playing now. the Pirates, but yeah. No, I mean, I mean that right now. <laughs> easily. That that equals a Major League Baseball player. I'll give Mason Martin that. I think he's going to be a Major League Baseball player. And where he takes it from there is really up to how he continues to develop. But he's going to get a shot for a minute because there just isn't much else coming. And if you look at the free agent market for first baseman every year, man, it's guys like Freddie Freeman or Anthony Rizzo or somebody that just costs way too much money for anybody to spend when you really need to spend your money on pitching. Yeah. So – I mean, he's going to get a crack at it, is what and, I'm saying. And who knows, maybe O'Neill Cruz end up moving over there at some point. But Yeah, you know, um, boy, that will just make some people's heads explode when they hear that. <laughs> but I think you might want to keep an eye on that, actually. Um, another good thing about Mason Martin is 22 years old. You know, so there's still some room there uh, for development. So um, guys, I mean, a lot of guys develop power later. He's just got to get that strike zone and that pitch selection, you know, fine-tuned a little bit. Well, let's so. talk about another prospect who's coming out of nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> like, there's a guy that started in single A. He's got 18 home runs now. I mean, that's more than anywhere else in professional baseball. Matt Gorski. Just, what a name. What a well, name. Okay, it's second round. Name. Second round pick in the most unlucky draft ever of 2019, where they immediately got shut down and never got to ever do anything. So he's 24 years old, through no fault of his own at a very low level, but he's obviously been working on his own. Mm -hmm. And he put in some work last year. I mean, he's already in double A. First thing he does is hit a bomb. At 24 years old, you could almost see them maybe want to press the gas on somebody like him and let him jump a level. I mean, does that excite you at all to see a guy like that just rocketing through the system or do you get hung up on the age, Brandon? At first I was looking at the age. I was like, man, 24, but then it hasn't been a typical minor league season since the guy was drafted. And then I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, well, if he's a double A, and Charrington has said, once they're at double A, we consider them that they can kind of come up and play on the big league team. I think and we've he, seen it several and times. And we've seen it. Yeah, yeah, they've done it. I mean, the right. past two years, they've done it numerous times now. So, I mean, if he keeps hitting the way he's hitting, I'd love to see him. I mean, I want to see him keep doing it now, Tuna. You know, 24, playing A ball. You know, definitely you should be ahead of a lot of the guys you're facing. Sure. But if he puts it together in Altoona, too, and, I mean, he's not showing any signs of slowing down, you know, maybe in July, August, you know, maybe a September call-up. You're bringing him up saying, what have we got here? Let's see. Yeah, and maybe not? that's one of those nice surprises you get, which you have to have those sometimes. I mean, good clubs, not everyone's a sexy name that you know about. Well, You're going to get know, the Matt Frazier, Matt Frazier was that surprise last year, mm -hmm. I think. And, you know, he's off to a little bit of a cool start this year. He seems to be finding it the last week or so here. And, and that's good to see because, you know, he was the the player of the year last year, really, in the, in the system. So, 
you know, you'd lo- you'd love to see him get back on track because, man, that's another outfield option. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's crazy to think that they they actually are getting to the point where the position players, except for first base, are really going to be okay here for a minute. They're pretty stacked, I think, as far as the prospects go. I think there's always going to be some push just about every year for the next few years. Maybe one of those outfielders can move over to first. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bat, bats play. Any bats one of play. them can be Willie Stargell, right, Jim? <laughs> I don't know about any one of them, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, let's just take one of them. Um, yeah, I, the, the uh, Gorski, uh, he's just he, – he, we're going to see this a little bit around baseball where a guy kind of comes out of nowhere because of when he was drafted and everything that was going on with the pandemic and uh, baseball being weird for a couple of years. Um, is he that guy? I don't know. He strikes out a lot like uh, Mason Martin does. Um, but we've talked about it. You just, you, you, First of all, baseball is different now. Um, it's 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 easy to look through it with a lens of ten years ago. Maybe the strikeouts just don't scare teams as much anymore. They clear they clearly don't in some on some respect or in yeah, some yeah. respect. And I think to a certain degree, it kind of has to be that way. Like I think I, I jokingly said the other day on on Twitter, you can have one Rob Deer, you can't have three or four. You, know, right. you want one guy that hit that hits home runs and strikes out when he doesn't, you could do it. Yeah. And and that's that's valuable. Stick it in number seven and see what happens. Sometimes it's gonna work out, sometimes it's not. You know? Yeah. Um No, I, I mean they've there's always been guys like that, you know. Um I I, I think there was a year Mark, even Mark McGuire had a year where I think he barely hit two hundred, struck out a ton. And hit bombs. I mean, so it's not completely unheard of. It's just like you said, you, you can't have a whole uh, a third of a lineup just striking out constantly to that degree. I totally agree, man. I'll tell you what. Let's take another break. Come back. Let's do call your shot because I think it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation today. Nice. Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And Jim, listen, before we do anything else, it's time to jump right into the call your shot this week. I've been absolutely I've been on pins and needles ever since I got it. I was so excited and I can't wait for the conversation that it generates. So let's do it. Pirate Queen Banshee here with my call your shot. The Pirates have been emphasizing position flexibility. I've been reading about it, and I've been hearing about it, but it seems like those words are losing their sincerity. So my question for you tonight is, do you think the Pirates are benefiting from position flexibility, or are these just pretty words to excuse away mediocrity? Thank you for taking my question. Win in your sales, mates. Let's go, Bucks. Oh, my. The Banshee really ripped the zinger at the end there. <laughs> and I love that people are getting this segment and really starting to let their personalities fly. This show is nothing without all of you. So keep Absolutely. them coming. And now, damn, dude, where do I start? I mean, <laughs> you start. I'll Go say ahead. this it's not a bad thing to be able to play multiple places. But usually. It kind of means you just aren't that great at any one in particular. So I guess in that regard, it's at least... Eh, can we call it insurance in case they are mediocre? I mean, Brandon, what do you think? <laughs> I, I like I like the way you think there. In case they're not good, at least they can play a lot of positions. I mean, you look at the good teams, and they always have at least one guy who can play everywhere every guy needing to play everywhere i don't turns know. into a mess real quick yeah and, and i appreciate the whole you know we want to be able to adjust the roster to make sure we can maximize that okay look 
skimmy roster that's going to go out there and win some baseball games. You know, I know we need to have people who can play different positions. You look at the last time we were in the playoffs, we had a Jay Hay. He could bounce around. We had a couple other pieces that could bounce around a little bit. I don't feel that everyone needs to have six positions listed on their baseball card. Exactly. That's just me. It, it, it raises flags to me of like, why do we need everybody to play six positions? Are they really that bad? Shouldn't you be confident in the product you're developing? I mean, at, at some point, I need to be able to say, that's my third baseman. How many positions is Cabrian Hayes playing right now? He's playing one. You know, and, and you you look at they even made him play shortstop yeah. this year. So like, yeah, yeah. That, that that's true, <laughs> that's true. But he's also not running out to left field, right field, center, and right. you know, occasional first too. You know, I appreciate you know wanting to have the flexibility, do what you need to do with the lineup. But let's also get some guys who can play positions, and it's their position. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's something that they want to do with everybody. Like, for instance, a guy, Jim, that they used to bounce all over the place was Rodolfo Castro. And now since his call-up, they're like, you're the shortstop. And and that's like the one place he never really, like, concentrated on. So I guess, like, I'm confused personally. I don't feel like you need to force positions on people all the time. But I also kind of get that maybe looking at some of the defensive numbers on the way up, they maybe aren't too pleased with the next couple options either. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the the you, you touched on. Um, if you have two or three positions, maybe you maybe you're just not good at any of them or very good at any of them. And it's kind of like that that uh, old adage in football, right? If you have a couple quarterbacks, then maybe you have no quarterbacks. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, it's gonna be a bad season. Jim just said it. Jim just said it. No, 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 no. I think they do have a At least let these right? fools get out of OTA first, Jim. I mean, uh, like... Listen, uh, you know, I let me take a drink out of my cup here. I, I think they do have a quarterback. Ooh. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, moving on. Uh, no, so there are certain guys that I would like to see them just leave be. Um I know a lot of people are going to say, man, he's finally talking about O'Neill Cruz and leaving him be. Nope, he's not one of them. I, I think they have to let, they have to do some things with him. Right. But, um, you know, they're even taking, I think I saw like Andy Rodriguez down in the minors. Is yeah. He's he's kind of, what, now second base catching. Yep. He's got outfield. Um, I guess it's okay to find out about guys, but I think you can overdo it. Yeah, I do. Um that it, is a weird case, though, because Andy has done that his entire baseball career. Right, right. You yes. know, like, he's always bounced around. He's always been able to do a bunch of things. He's just a super athletic kid. Those happen. That's. Yeah. I don't think that's what we're talking about as much as, like, you have somebody like Diego Castillo. There's a clear hole at shortstop. He's kind of did okay there. I don't understand why he can't be the answer. I guess the bat isn't really playing. I understand that. But maybe you should have let him have that consistent 10-11 game stretch of starting there like we did with Castro, right? Like I, I think so. And, and, and the other thing I was going to touch on is, like, I think, like, for certain guys, I don't want to do that to them too much. Like, Diego Castillo, doesn't he have enough on his plate, you know, um, at the major league level than having to try to learn right field of all places in yeah. at PNC park. Um, and he hasn't embarrassed himself. I don't know. He actually looked pretty good. Yeah. But there's a clear difference between a natural outfielder and a guy who's learning to play that position. If nothing and, else, um, even to throw into to home, you, you do that sidearm and you see the ball just tail away from the catcher. Like <laughs> it, it's the most, it's the most identifiable signal that you're actually an infielder yeah yeah and um yeah and uh not knowing when to uh keep runners in certain bags and things of that nature um throw the third on a single yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know of course we see enough bad baseball around the league that we see a lot of guys doing that so um but yeah so so like there's just like i don't know that it needs to be such an organizational philosophy i mean why can't we just look at the guys in particular and make the decisions from there. It seems like they're kind of trying it with not everyone, but a lot of guys. And I do think baseball players like routine and comfort and they like to know where they're batting. They like to know where they're fielding. 
And um, so I, I, I would caution against doing it too much, but um, they certainly seem to, to, to be okay with doing it. So what do I know? Yeah, I mean, they, they do it a lot. And, I mean, we shouldn't pretend like it's brand new, like Bobby Bonilla bounced all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. And, and and I think that it's something that some players just show a proclivity for being able to do. But I don't mean, I feel like they force it a little bit sometimes. A and, little bit, yeah. I, I think that, that maybe is, is where it, it starts to give you a little bit of frustration sometimes because Michael Chavis is a really good example. I think he's shown pretty well everywhere they've put him. I'm happy that he can bounce around and play first and second and third. And I bet he could probably still handle outfield if they put him out there. He used to be pretty decent at that. Against the green monster, no less. So right. it's not as though he probably couldn't adapt to the Clemente wall and figure it out. But, I mean, okay. I think he profiles as a bench guy. So that makes sense. You want him to be able to play a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. I don't need my starting whatever to, <laughs> to be able to play nine positions. Not everybody's Chris Bryant, and Chris Bryant's not that good of a defender. Yeah, I mean, the the, the biggest thing you're going to be able to attach a guy to a guy like Chris Bryant is he's adequate, which, hey, in baseball anymore, the way they treat defense sometimes, maybe that's all you're looking for. Yeah, I mean you can't catch home runs or strikeouts or balls. So right, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, I think overall, does it is it to mask uh, mediocrity? Was her, you know, parting shot there? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think that's what they're doing. Absolutely. I think uh, they have kind of a amorphous blob of players right now, and they're not sure who can hit. But they're pretty sure some of them can. And in order to make this work, they really just need to find at bats for everybody and kind of figure out where they play along the way. And I think once people start to slot into their their places, they'll lock in. We don't see Reynolds bouncing around. You don't see Hayes bouncing around. And, And when they find out it's all you can do, you don't see Yoshi going back and playing third like he used to, do you? Right? You don't see Yoshi going out to right field anymore, do you? No. Because I I think they are starting to at least check things off. Like Van Meter, they only put him in second now. They don't even think about putting him anywhere else. You know, and he's got experience playing outfield, second base, shortstop, third base. So I think once they've identified where they want you to be, they kind of lock you in. So I, I think maybe I'll say... Yes, it is to mask mediocrity or at least indecision. And then I think by next year, we'll probably see a lot more people kind of more locked in at, in their spots. I think it's indicative of where the team is right now. You know, this, this, isn't the, this isn't the contending team for the division here. You know, this is what do we have? And we've, we've got to figure it out. We've got to figure out who we have, what we have. And you know what, if, if one sticks, great. But, you know, at least we're seeing they're not afraid to also say, you know, let's try the next one, see what that happens there. The, the, the only thing I will add about this is, is, like, I hope they don't get away from the defense too much. Um, yeah. Because for for a team like the Pirates and an organization like the Pirates, you still got to find ways, even when you think you might be getting better and, and being good, that you, you – you can make up for some things that you're just not going to be able to match with some of these other teams. Well, they made it an and, emphasis last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to see it fall this far off the table to me, it is very disheartening. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's exactly kind of what made me think of it was just like, so when we get to the point, if we get to that point where, you know, um, there's some competitive baseball being played. I don't want to see them giving games away like that. I think they're going to have a big enough mountain to climb in other areas anyway. So um, those are things that I think like you should be able to control more than some of the things that are quote unquote out of your control market wise. Well, let me ask you guys a question, Brandon, you can take the first stab at it, but I'd like to hear what both of you have to say on it. Do you think this position flexibility thing 
Do you think the emphasis on defense has died at the altar of that? I've I've noticed more this year than last year that I'm yeah. seeing balls booted that I didn't see last year. And then I start to look, you know, I can think back the game. I want to say it was against the Cubs. I might be wrong with Brubreaker on the mound and there's multiple errors. Oh, with Castro. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just the ball. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm just staring at the TV like, what in the world? And I know the narrative of last year is like, oh, they were so bad defensively because of one play that made, you know, the headlines and everything. But they weren't. You know, they, they were, were a great the, team defensively. No, they, the fifth, they fifth were best actually, team right. last year in baseball. Yeah. And I mean, if you've got that young pitching staff too, that's not proven, you want to have some defense behind them because balls are going to be terrific hit. point. And exactly. if, if you don't have that behind them, then you start to look at a Mitch Keller. Is is that part of it? Does he think he has to pitch perfect because he's watched some of these guys that, oh, well, let's see if this guy can be a second baseman or this guy can be a I, shortstop. I think they all think they have to pitch perfect because the offense does nothing. Well, that's too. Yeah. So, you know, you pile on top of that defensive struggles, you know. I mean, I wrote the other day, I think on, on Twitter when I was watching the game, like, Boy, I bet Brubaker's just filled with confidence to go ahead and throw the next pitch. <laughs> I mean, like, they're yeah. kicking the ball all over the place behind you. Like, there's pati- actually- there's patience with it. But we saw Brubaker, he turned around to pick a guy off and threw it into center field because the, the second baseman and shortstop didn't yeah. know who was supposed to do what. Yeah. yeah. You have to start getting back to basics here a little bit. I think... Um... I think sometimes pitchers, it's more demoralizing for them to stand behind a bad, in front of a bad defense than it is to get hit hard. Sometimes I really do. I really do think that. Um, You're used to sometimes getting hit hard. I mean, you're depending on your fielders to make things as easy for you as possible for you out there. And you need them. And, um, uh, it's the last thing you want to have to worry about. And so I do. I, I, I think it really, really demoralizes guys out there. And uh, you've seen it with Brubaker at times. Right. And I happen to think Brubaker's a pretty good competitor. But even though he's been exasperated at times, like, man, you know, uh, come on, help me out. I'm, uh, You know, it's hard it's, enough for it's, me to control what I'm doing. It takes Please. a while for him to get there, too. Like, even in that game uh, that we're all talking about now with it and – I kind of call it the Castro explosion in the middle there, but it was a lot of guys. It wasn't just him. You see, like, he's trying to to keep his patience. But he also knew, like, every single one of those runs was was given up because of poor defense. And and even after Yoshi makes another bad play, he goes over and pats him on on the shoulder, like, it's okay, man, like, you know, it's just one of those innings. You can tell he was just like, "I'm just gonna wear this." He might as he yeah. might as well had a cross under his jersey, yeah. standing up yeah. there. But like, I, I just felt terrible for him because you know, here's a guy that's trying to figure things out. I feel like he was right on the cusp there. He sure, certainly pitched well that night. Ten strikeouts, I think he got in that game. You know, his stuff was playing. Unfortunately, his defenders weren't, and. Uh- I That's feel bad. like it's always him on the mound too when it happens. It's, I mean, I know it's happening to other guys, but it's just that throw to second the other night, and there's no one there, and I'm just like, man, I'm feeling for the guy at this point. Well, he's like, a, can he's someone a catch a ball? Too. Yeah, he's a sinker baller, so you're going to mm-hmm. see that more with a sinker baller. Mm-hmm. There, there's more opportunities to screw up defensively. Mm-hmm. No, and it's. I mean, it's it's clearly not just been Brew Baker because overall. You know, numbers are, are, are pretty bad. Well, you've even got um, Hayes with six errors yeah, already yeah. this year. Yeah. So, you know, so much for that. I'm going to beat Aaron Otto talk that people were starting early <laughs> on. I mean, like, yeah, he struggled too early, but he's right at the ship. And and Key still makes the spectacular play. He does. And I, I, I think he's a great defender. All his metrics say he's a great defender. But man, you can't have those bugaboos. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that, from him, that's not something that you need to see. And I think um, just to bring bring it back to a point, and I don't want it to get glossed over, Gary, is what you said with the, um, <clears throat> these positions with the Pirates is I think they are. They, they are uh, experimenting because they've got a lot of dudes. They know a couple of them will probably pan out, hopefully. 
as hitters. You got to figure out where they're going to play. Um, and so that's part of that process right now. Um, I think it's hurting them at times, but maybe at the end of the day, they, they feel like it'll make them better prepared down the road. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's hard. That's hard for the everyday fan to see. It's hard for us to see, uh, watching games, you know, like a uh, big picture. So It'd be nice that... to see them do some of this preparation in the minor leagues though. Yeah. I don't like yeah. seeing it up here. Like, I don't, I don't understand what, what you're thinking. Not giving Castro a good run of shortstop in AAA, if that's ultimately your plan, to bring him up to the majors and try him at short. You know, and, and maybe they didn't. Maybe the that, Kevin Newman injury, like, that's you know, crept up say. on them. But I don't know. I'm just – I'm a little bit – taken aback by it. It's not even that I don't think the kid can get it. His arm is plenty strong. He's got plenty range. It's just, maybe let's do a little bit of that instruction down there. Let's, let's make sure they understand all the, all the tricks of the trade for, for throwing a turnable ball to second for a double play. Let's make sure they understand like, you know, which base to go to when the ball is hit to them on, you know, and a guy's breaking for third, you know, let's, yeah, Let's yeah. figure all that stuff out short. where it's important. Not short, not up here. Yeah, shortstop too, man. Like you want to talk about being on an island on a baseball field if you if you can possibly think of it that way. But it's just such a tough position, and um, yeah. you're asked you're asked to do a lot, and there's very little room for error. Uh, excuse the pun, but um, so. It's tough to learn on the fly, man. At, at, at that kind of position, you can you can sneak a Diego Castillo in right field, but to try to get a guy to play major league caliber shortstop, I think that's asking a lot, man. Yeah, I think it is too. And and Brandon, I'll give you the final word on this one because I know um, that the defense was an emphasis last year. It was Joey Cora's charge. And, you know, it's the only thing that people mentioned when they fired him is that they're losing that aspect of what he did. You know, and I, I actually think our third base coach is great this year. So, like, I think Rebello's done really wonderful over there, um, considering he's only had about 10 opportunities to send somebody. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> I digress. What, what are they doing here? Do they, do they need to get, get back to having some, some more field instruction and maybe let guys lock in a little bit or – do you think like what Jim was saying is, is probably what we're going to see trial and error the rest of this year, because this is the year to do it. I mean, you, you look at the team, you look at the roster. I'd rather see him get back to what they were doing with Cora with that strong defense. I mean, up the middle, you know, last year you had Stallings, you know, gold glove, you had Newman gold glove caliber and you had Reynolds gold glove caliber this year. You've got Reynolds. You know, so I mean, it's you're not as strong there up the middle defensively, yeah. but I just I really think that this is what we're in for this year. That they want to see who has what, who's going to stick, and it's just the reality of what we're going to have to deal with. There's going to be balls that you're like, that's a routine ground ball. What are you doing? But I think they just need to see what they have, and they want to see what they have, and they know this is the year. This is the year to see what you got out of some of these guys. Well, hey guys, great conversation. I'm I'm on the beach in my mind right now because I'm leaving tomorrow and I can't wait. But <laughs> rub it in, dude. Rub it in. That's fine. Um, of all weeks, though, I would like to just say um, Brandon and his wife are educators, and I would just like to thank them for their service to the country and our children. And uh, we we do think about you guys, even if sometimes we say some nasty things without thinking about what we're talking about um, all right it's just important that i think people understand what you guys do for everybody so thank you for what you do and how do people Appreciate get a hold of you sir you can look me up on twitter be richards 1981 always up to talk pittsburgh sports especially pirates there you go and jim how do people get a hold of you brother man you know 24 7 pittsburgh all the time pirates steelers pit penguins and um uh, I think 
the rest of the season might be painful here for the Pirates, but at least it'll be uh, sprinkled in with some hope and optimism along the way. So it's what we're gonna it's what we're gonna have to deal with this year. Yeah, see, I don't feel that way. I just don't. I I feel like we're on the tip of of the fun iceberg, if you will. I think we're going to see a lot more of, of the good times and a lot more fun, a lot more energy. Because one thing that young players will do, I mean, they, they're never going to let the energy drop too far, even if they get smacked in the nose a few times as they grow. So, Well, let me say this. The, the, the results, I'm saying, won't be there. I think we're going to have to look at it from an individual perspective and see. But hey, maybe 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 they'll get uh, maybe they'll get some luck too with the division being as weak. Oh, as, come as on! It is. You just don't want to have an argument <laughs> online with somebody that wants to to make a, a a trade deadline deal to reinforce the starting rotation to go for that wild card spot. <laughs> so you just want to keep on the train that they're going to be bad and uh, you know. <laughs> I. I do think they're still going to be bad, but I can enjoy the individual successes that I think we're going to start to see. Right, man. That's because of that realism thing. I, mean, I know. It's you know, it's why you God, have this, I... it's why you have this fabulously successful show and all that. So there you wish go. Wish I could check this realism at the door sometimes. It's a shame. It's a burden being this good looking and smart at the same time. <laughs> I feel terrible. But uh, anyways, that's enough for this week. Hey, Ben, take it away, brother. Yes, yes, what?